If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, hold your hand up. The ushers have extra Bibles. Use one of ours. And let's all go to Mark chapter 16. Mark 16. We've been on a, a series now for a few weeks on Fridays called Miracles Now. Miracles Now. And I want us to go further into this this evening. Mark 16. Jesus, he's been raised from the dead at this point and appeared to the eleven. Verse 15, he said to them, Mark 16, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach, proclaim the gospel, the good news, to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Does it make a difference whether you believe or not? All the difference. Saved, lost, and uh, faith, believing, is a choice. It's so important that we, we understand that. I've heard people say numerous times, well, I just can't believe that. And that is not true. That they can't believe it. You can believe anything. You choose to believe. Hmm? You can. So when you say I can't believe it. uh, You're not saying it right. You should say I choose not to believe. So. That's what he's saying. Proclaim the gospel. Well when people hear the gospel. Then they have a choice. Do they believe that? Or do they not? And if they believe it. And are baptized, that means you're acting on what you believe. Identifying with him publicly, and don't, don't care who sees or knows it, unashamed of him. And if you don't believe it, well then you won't be saved. And he went on to say, these signs will follow them that believe. What about the ones that don't believe? They won't have these signs following them. That's why he specifies these signs follow who? Believing ones. I had a fellow years ago want to take me to task about healing. And he said uh, that he didn't, he didn't believe in all that. He, he'd never seen anything like that, heard anything like that in his church. And uh, I said, well, think about it. I said, you, your preachers never preached on anything like that? He said, no. And y'all don't believe on it? And he said, no. And I said, you hadn't seen any healings and miracles? He said, none. I said, well, you know, we preach on it all the time. And we believe it. And we see it. We've got all kind of testimonies. Wonder if there's any connection there. <laughs> if you don't preach it, you don't hear it, you don't believe it, you won't have it. These signs follow who? Those that believe. And how are you going to believe? Well, you got to hear. And if you're going to hear something, there's got to be some preaching. Some people think that, you know, preachers are a waste of time and the scourge of the earth. But God has chosen that men and women be saved by what the world calls the foolishness of preaching. That's the way God has chosen to do it. So uh, he talks about the sign of 
casting out devils and speaking with new tongues and winds up talking about laying hands on the sick and them recovering. And verse, uh, after the Lord had spoken to him, he was received up into heaven and he sat on the right hand of God and they went forth and did what he said, preached, proclaimed everywhere. And what did the Lord do? The Lord was working with, and them is added by the translators, really it said the Lord was working with and confirming the word. And it's good to say it like that because the Lord's not obligated to confirm just anything preachers decide to say. Or that folks decide to believe. What's he going to confirm? He's going to confirm his word. And so they went and preached the good news he told them to preach. And the Lord worked with and he confirmed the word. With signs following. Amen. Wonder if it still works that way. Look over in the book of Acts if you would. In the book of Acts. 14th chapter. And verse 3. It says, long time therefore abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony to the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. The Lord confirms his word. He witnesses that his word is his word. It's like somebody preparing a document that they took from what you said. And they say, okay, now are these your words? And you read it. Yeah, that's just what I said. Okay, well then sign it. Well, God signs. (laughs) With signs. (laughs) Come on, can you see this? And what does he sign? He doesn't sign people's religious ideas. He didn't sign something just because a denomination or a group got together and voted on it. He didn't sign something just because me or you decide to say it and believe it. What does he sign? His words. And he signs it with signs of power. Do you see? Let's look at that again. They were speaking boldly in the Lord. What were they speaking? Obviously speaking his word because uh, the Lord gave testimony to the word of his grace. They preached and proclaimed and taught not just their theories and opinions and ideas, but what he said. And then he showed up (laughs) and manifested power that also the Bible said signs have a voice. And these, uh, these signs and these wonders were speaking, saying, yes, what they preached is right. What they preached is what I said. And here's the confirmation of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if we want to have signs and wonders, all we got to do. Is quit preaching theory and opinion and personal experience 
and convictions and denominational positions and political correctness and popular opinion and preach the word. It sounds simple. I've said sometimes it'd be a It'd be interesting if everybody's messages and preachings had to have spiritual nutritional labels like your food does in the grocery store, like your cans and your boxes. And if it was accurate, now I don't know who'd be qualified to put them on there. But if it was accurate, it'd say, you know, 10% unbelief. Warning, this message contains confusion. (laughs) May cause uncertainty. Fifteen percent religious idea, you know, unbelief, fear, you know. Uh, One fellow trying to take Brother Kenneth Copeland to task years ago and he railed on him and he said uh, you're not preaching the whole counsel of God Brother Copeland turned around and said I don't know the whole counsel of God <laughs> that's a good answer <laughs> preaching all I know <laughs> trying to find out some more Bless me <laughs> so uh As you grow in ministry, if we're growing, if we're walking with him, if we're continuing to spend time with him and in the word, we'll be learning and going, oh, that thing I preached 25 years ago, that wasn't the word. And you're you're seeing things you hadn't seen. But here's the thing for sure. If we're not seeing any manifestations of power, we're not preaching the word. And the more we preach the word, God is faithful. And he will sign and confirm. If it's what he said, he will confirm it. He will sign it with manifestations of power, miracles, and signs and wonders. Now, the definition of miracle, the words that are used in the New Testament, just basically means power. Power. It's the word for power. And the root word that that word comes from means to make possible. I like the, I like the phrase, what's a miracle? It is power that makes possible. Don't you like that? And particularly things that men and women think are impossible... And experts think can't be and can't happen. Well, a miracle is when power showed up. And what people thought couldn't happen, happened. Anybody in here believe in miracles? Come on, do you believe that things can happen that folks can't explain and didn't see any way how it could, but it did? And that all things are possible. With the God we serve and all things are possible to him or her that believes. It is the power that makes possible. So we've 
We've gone into the book of Acts on these Friday evenings. And we've been going through the book of Acts and looking at miracle after miracle after miracle. Are we a part of the same church as recorded in the book of Acts? Do we have the same Jesus? Do we have the same Holy Spirit? Yes, we do. Same gospel message. Yes. Then why shouldn't we have the same kind of experiences? Why shouldn't we see miracles? You know, theologians and uh, people have, have written books and tried to say, well, in the beginning days, they needed this miraculous thing to help get it started and as a witness to their generation. Well, all that bunch is gone and a new bunch is here. Why doesn't our generation need the same witness? Well, we do. There's no way that people and unbelievers will be shaken and their attention arrested with anything you and I and men can come up with like the power of God will get their attention. Because folks are looking for the reality of God. And miracles are powerful persuaders. (laughs) Powerful persuaders. Have you read the book of Acts? Do you believe these things happen? That they're not fairy tales. They're they're not just stories. They're, they're not myth. This is accurately recorded history. And the inspired word of God. And we saw that Jesus was raised from the dead. Having been dead for days. Raised. Literally. Physically. There's a man. Sitting at the right hand of God. In a flesh and bone body that you can feel just like this one. He calls you brother or sister. (laughs) He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He was resurrected. And they saw him after he had spoken to them and appeared to them several times. They saw him come right up off the ground and ascend up into the air until they they couldn't see him for the clouds. Do you believe it happened just like that? And the angel spoke to him and said, just like you saw him going, he's coming back. Just like that. He's coming back in clouds of glory. You believe it? And then we saw on the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered together doing what he told them to do. And there came a sound like a rushing mighty wind. I mean it sounded like a a, a typhoon. Hurricane blowing through that place. And then they saw fire. Flickering. And the fire came and got on them. Do you believe it happened? Do you believe it happened? These are not fairy tales. Now you got intellectuals that will shake their heads and go tiss tiss and go. Oh you poor simple people. How can these. These things are not Literal. Yes, they are. Y'all are just simpletons. Well, leave us alone. We're happy. And we'll see just in a little while who's the simple and ignorant. The Bible said it's the fool that he said in his heart there's no God. There is a God. And these things happen. And they were all filled with the Spirit. And they started speaking with other tongues. 
No, it didn't just, that doesn't mean they quit cussing and started using better language. They're, they're speaking languages they never learned because as they came out of there, people heard them in the street that spoke these languages. It mentions a bunch of them. And that the, how in the world are we hearing these people in our language? It was a sign to them. And you remember that Peter and John were walking up and come to the gate beautiful and there's that man laying there who, who was put there every day and begged because he was born with some deformity in his, in his feet. And they said, uh, in the name of Jesus, get up. And he jumped and he leaped. And instantly his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And you believe it happened just like that. Glory to God. They were meeting together to pray. The leaders had threatened them and said, don't you preach any more of this stuff you've been preaching? Don't you preach in this Jesus' name? No more. And they beat them. And so they come back and got everybody together and said, Lord, we want some more. We, we want more miracles. Lord, let us preach this word boldly. And I plan on quitting. We're going to talk some more about this in just a minute. Lord, let your hand be on us. And stretch forth your hand. That more signs and wonders would be done. You believe it? And the Bible said the whole building shook. There's no earthquake. There's no storm. God shook the building. And didn't tear it up. He shook the jail. Well, just an earthquake. Strange earthquake. Everybody's chains fell off. And the building's intact and fine. That's a strange earthquake. Do you believe God could do things like that again? He has done things like this numerous times from then till now. He hasn't changed. He's not going to change. Doesn't need to. And we saw many signs and wonders done by the apostles' hand, didn't we? We saw Ananias and Sapphira fall dead. And Herod got struck. And Elamus got struck. Signs of judgment. You know when the power of God begins to manifest, people that are enemies of the church can be judged in a moment too. These are part of the signs. We saw last week God used cloths that were taken from Paul's body. And when these cloths contacted people, diseases just left them. And spirits that had bothered them just went away, departed from them. You believe that happened just like that? And we saw that God was moving such that people would bring their sick folk into the street when they heard that the men of God were coming through. And if they could just get close enough where Peter's shadow as he walked by, his shadow would come across them. They got healed. Do you believe this or not? These are miracles. Now people try to explain them away and say it didn't really happen and all this. But uh, if you don't believe in miracles, you're not a Christian. Being a Christian, the beginning of it is based on believing in the virgin birth, a miracle, and literal physical being raised from the dead. Hmm? And if you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. Oh yeah, I was born in a Christian home. That don't make you a Christian. I don't people say, well, I'm American. Of course I'm a Christian. 
No, being American doesn't make you a Christian. I'm sorry. I wish everybody in America was a Christian. But what did Jesus say? You must be born again. And you won't be born again if you don't believe in miracles. Romans 10 talks about it. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And do what? And believe what? And believe what? Believe, believe a miracle. Believe that he's been raised from the dead. So if you don't believe that, you can't be born again. You haven't been. I'm so glad I believe it. How about you? Go with me to 1 Corinthians uh, 12 and uh, Acts 6. We'll go to Acts 6 first. We'll do it that way. And then 1 Corinthians 12. Acts, the sixth chapter. Are you believing with me? Let's, let's join our faith a little bit better here. Just, just close your eyes. Let me, let's agree in a prayer. Say it out loud. Father, Father in, Jesus name, in Jesus' name, we ask for utterance. We ask for, we ask for enlightenment. We ask for the anointing, for your presence, just what we need to see and hear, what will bring us up to the next place, in your plan, amen. Thank you, Lord. Acts 6, I want you to notice this. In Acts 6, verse 1, it says, In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Have they had any good things happen in the church by this time? Yeah, this is after the rushing mighty wind and the tongues and the house shaking and lame man at the gate called beautiful and many signs and wonders and, and all that. And yet we got griping. Lots of griping. <laughs> can you gripe no matter what God's doing for you? Yeah, you can. And to make a difference how many miracles you got. You can still gripe. So people have the idea that, well, man, if things were better, then I'd just automatically have great faith and I'd never be unhappy and I'd never complain. No, that. You'd still be in the world and you still have flesh and there's still a devil to tempt you. And, and I don't care how great things are and how many good things are happening. You can still find something that you don't have and something that you're not happy about and you can be upset. You can fuss and fight. There's still You don't have to look far to find somebody that will argue with you and fuss with you. No matter what God's doing, you can still be miserable in the middle of it. And so they're all griping and custom things weren't taken care of. And they had uh, something legitimate to talk about. Their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of the help. But you know, getting upset and blaming folks is not the solution. You know, we need to learn how to talk. Does it make a difference how you say things? <laughs> you tell Peter and them that uh, our widows hadn't been taken care of in two days 
That just ain't right. I know them other folks with us have been taken care of. What are they, prejudiced? That is not the way to get God to move. Are y'all with me? I've called and called and nobody answered. Now I did this and I did that. Well, you're not in faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it doesn't make any difference. If you've got legitimate issues, you're wrong. Your heart's wrong. Say this out loud with me. Faith puts no pressure on people. Say it again. Faith puts no pressure on people. If God's your source, you don't fix your eyes on some man or woman or some company or some business or some church or some ministry, anybody. You don't press them and push them and demand from them. Would it be better to get up and pray about it? Lord, the widow's not being taken care of. What do we need to do? He might tell you, you take care of it. How about that? (laughs) He might tell you, you believe me. And I'll show you what to do. And I'll show you how to, you know, go fishing. (laughs) Do this, do that. Go over here. I'm going to give you one job, one sale, and make enough money to take care of that. Hmm? Or he might tell you, you know, uh, talk to them and, and uh, just ask them what was the plan for taking care of the folks over there. You just you're curious. <laughs> there's wisdom and there's ways. But when you come in all upset because you fumed and you've imagined this and imagined that, and then you come in demanding, that's like unsaved sinners act. No faith. Somebody said out loud, that's not me. me. It's not the way I operate. operate. Say it again. Faith Faith puts no pressure pressure on people. people. These guys, these leaders wanted this taken care of all the time. As soon as they found out what was going on, they made changes. Didn't they? And it worked. No need people getting upset. The twelve called the multitude of the disciples to them and they said, it's not reason or reasonable, we might say, that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. It's sad that people still have that mentality that the ministers are supposed to do everything from cut the grass to clean the building to visit everybody, counsel everybody. You can't have but a handful of people and do that. Are you with me? Yeah. Your ministry can't grow and can't develop if you're going to try to do everything yourself. And then you got all these folk in the church doing nothing. You have to serve to develop. Do you know this? You, you cannot develop spiritually just by hearing and just by attending services. You have to serve. And thank God for the internet. And thank God for what's available there. And there's a lot of places where people are in remote places and there, there are no churches and, and they, they can get fed this way. But even though you can get fed that way, you can't serve that way. Right. 
You need to get somewhere where you can serve. It's key to your development. You need to serve as much or more than they need you to do something. It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Look out among you seven men of honest report. Honest guys. Full of the Holy Spirit. And wisdom. Just because they're excited and tongue talkers. They need some wisdom too. Right? (laughs) I pray in tongues ten hours a day. Well great. Got any wisdom? (laughs) Whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And these are the keys to powerful ministry. Somebody say prayer Prayer. and the word. word. Say it again. Prayer Prayer. and the word. word. It's no secret. It's no hidden secret. I want to learn and I want to grow and get in the word and pray. Then what? Get in the word and then pray. Then what? Get in the word. And get in the word some more. And get in the word some more. And then pray. And pray. And get in the word. I'm talking particularly to preachers now. Well I'm too busy doing this. And that. They said no we're not going to do that. Y'all help us get some people to do that. And we're going to pray. And get in the word. Well, that just sounds like lazy preachers to me. That's because you don't know. I haven't digressed. We're talking about miracles. Keep reading this. The saying pleased the whole multitude. That had to be the Lord. (laughs) Everybody. The Grecians, the Hebrews that had been griping and fussing, pleased everybody. They thought, "Mm, that is good. You can tell this was a spirit-filled church, couldn't you? <laughs> Even though they're griping a little bit, the Lord gave the word to the leaders. They got up and gave it, and everybody went, mmm, that's good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All happy. <laughs> and uh, they picked Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Now, ghost is an old English word for spirit. Say it out loud. Full of faith. Full of of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Say it again. Full of faith. Full of of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And they picked these other guys. They they named them off. And uh, they set them before the apostles. And and they prayed. And they laid their hands on them. And uh, the word of God increased. And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. Greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Thank you, Lord. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. I want you to know something. Before Stephen was uh, doing great wonders and miracles and was full of power, Remember what we just got through reading? He was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And he was faithful. They put him in charge 
of making one of the guys that made sure everybody got their supplies and their food and their needs met. But I believe it made an impression on him when he heard them say, we're going to give ourselves to the uh, prayer and the ministry of the word. And so when he wasn't doing that, I believe that he started doing that. Come on, can you see this? Because that's why how did he get so full of faith? And how did he get full of the Spirit? We're already told. How do you get full of faith? The Word. How do you get full of the Spirit? Praying. And communing with Him. Speaking to yourselves. In tongues. And in psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. The Bible said, Ephesians says, Be ye being filled. Speaking to yourselves. Sounds like prayer, doesn't it? Full of faith. Full of the Spirit. Next thing you know, he's full of power. (laughs) This is not a guy with an international speaking ministry. He's a guy that's uh, meals on wheels. (laughs) He said... uh, Who's bringing our food today? Huh? Stephen. Oh, Stephen will be here. He's always on time. But Stephen had learned he could pray in the Holy Ghost in between deliveries. Come on, are you listening? And he had learned when he got off to get himself in the Word. And he just kept pumping himself full of the Word. And he just kept praying Spending time with God. And the next thing you know. He got so full of the spirit. He began to see and know things. And he began to know he should go over here and do this. He began to know he should go over there and say that. And when he did a miracle happened. Glory to God. Then he got really excited. And got in the word more. And uh, prayed more. Somebody say full of faith. Full of of the spirit. Full of of power. power. Signs and wonders. Wonder if it still worked that way today. Mm-mm. And verse uh, eight, Stephen was full of faith and power. He did great wonders and miracles among the people, and everybody thought it was wonderful, huh? And Stephen was voted most popular man in the whole community. Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened as a result of Stephen getting so full of the word and full of faith, full of the spirit and full of power and God using him to do, do these miracles. Tell me what happened as a result of this. He, they killed him. He was stoned. Wonder if it still works that way. <laughs> The answer is yes. (laughs) All right, let's just, let's say I'm not just preaching and making stuff up, but I'm saying what he said. Let's say you and I grow in this. Let's say we get to where we believe this so much that it's as real as the air we breathe. Let's say God comes in here and does some amazing things. Let's say God comes in here and blows through like a wind. Everybody hears it and sees flames of fire. 
Let's say God shakes this place like a rag doll. And we stay on our face in the carpet for two days and nights. Saying the Lord he is God. Let's say some of the most amazing miracles happen. Deaf ears open. Blind eyes open. Lame and deformed are made whole. Come on are you listening? Some of the most amazing right before people's eyes. That are just hard to deny. Then what? Then what? We should expect people to be helped. We should expect people to come in and be saved like never before. Come on, are you listening? We should expect people to come just to see if it's so. And when they come, get saved. We should expect people to come and get back to God that had gotten away. We should expect many to be healed and and delivered and set free and filled with the Spirit. Serving God with all their heart, soul, and mind. Shouldn't we? We should expect God to be glorified. Shouldn't we? God to be glorified. And we should expect to be persecuted. Why would we be talking about these things? I believe the Lord's getting us ready. John 12, would you go there? Miracles... Don't give you faith. Miracles don't make you believe. I've heard people say, well, if I could see some of that, you know, I'd believe. Not necessarily. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. The most amazing miracle could happen right in front of your face. And it's still up to you. Whether you want to believe it or not. You can go away just skeptical going, well, that was something, but I don't know what that was. And, uh, boy, I don't know how they pulled that off. I can't figure that out, but there's some way they they rigged that up, I think. It can happen right in front of your face, and you can go away and, and be an unbeliever. But, as we said before, miracles are powerful persuaders and if you were just a little bit inclined before it started just a little bit open before it started and by the time God gets through shaking the building and blowing through and healing everybody a lot of folks that were on the fence are in you might know what I'm talking about they're in they're man I'm through with that yeah this is God's real I'm here I see it I hear it I'm here yes yes I believe And we want that. How many believe many could come in that are not in? Many, 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 many. This is not just my thinking. Have we seen it in the scriptures that signs and wonders happen? Sometimes it said the whole city turned to God. The whole town turned to God. Glory to God. Now you know if that was the will of God then. He hadn't changed. It's the will of God now. But we need to be prepared for everything that goes with it. I don't think, I'm pretty sure, that it did not cross Stephen's mind when he was praying and praying and filling himself on the word and driving his meals on wheels route and And then amazing things begin to happen. He began to see the glory of God. He began to see people get healed and miracles that in three months he'd be dead because of this. 
Y'all listening? I don't think he was thinking that. And yet, we're talking about him tonight. One of the first martyrs of the church. You think he's got a good place? You think he has an eternal place of honor? So what if you did go that way? That's a great way to go. I'm not talking about being killed because you did something stupid. Because you didn't know when to keep your mouth shut. Because you went and said something when the Lord told you to go home and be quiet. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about really doing what he told you to do. And in the line of duty, obeying him, they killed you. That's a great way to go. That's what they did to the Lord. John 12, 37. It says, but though he, Jesus, had done so many miracles before them, what? What? Yet they believed not on him. Do miracles make you believe? No. Do miracles give you faith? Tell me how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the the anointed word of God. But even then, you can hear the anointed word of God. It can open up your eyes and you can see. But it's still your choice. Every time. You can see a miracle. You can be involved in an amazing move of God. But still it's up to you. You can doubt it. You can be skeptical. Or you can believe. It's still a choice. Do you believe people that were around Jesus and in these open air meetings and in these amazing things that happened, did they see the real thing? Are you listening, saints? Did they see the real thing? Did they see people really get healed and really get delivered and really get set free? They saw the dead raised. They they saw amazing things. And yet, what did they do? They still did not believe. Did they? Uh, Verse 38 says that the saying of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which spoke, saying, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now notice this down in verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. Now this is the same council that agreed to put him to death. Many of them, when they saw and they heard these things, they were scriptorians. They used to spend half their life studying the scriptures. And they saw him fulfilling scripture right and left. They knew It was happening in front of them. And when they saw these mighty signs and wonders, they believed it, but didn't act on it, suppressed it. Because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, verse 43, because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So here's a whole group of people. They saw the miracles. They heard the word. They knew it was right. They saw it and believed it in their heart, but they chose not to be a part and not to admit that they believed it because they wanted to stay in their group. Why am I saying all this? What next? We believe God. He shows up. Amazing things happen. Then what? It'll be different than you may have thought. We like to imagine that everybody will just jump up and go, glory to God, I want to get saved. Some will. Some won't. Some, it'll cause them to 
hate. Because it's harder to ignore something when the power just keeps getting stronger. And the miracles just keep multiplying and increasing. You can kind of discount people and go, ah, oh, yeah, that's just a bunch of confused folk up there in Branson. They just off, you know. They just. But when it just keeps getting stronger and more keeps happening, and they said, did you hear what happened last week? And did you did you see that? Did you hear about that guy? Did you hear about that woman? Why well, nothing happened? Hey, I was there. Forty people sitting beside me saw it right there in front of us. Some people will come in. Others will not be able to stomach it. They'll chafe them. The more they think about it, the matter it'll make them. And they'll yield to the devil. Because he hates it. Are you listening? Oh, he hates it. Anything except let the world see that God's real and alive. And he's good. And he's healing people. And doing miracles. He does not want that to happen. and Come out in increasing fashion. So he wants to stop it. Didn't the Pharisees and leaders get to the point where night and day they're trying to figure out how to stop Jesus? Aren't they? They had meetings. What are we going to do? They did some stuff and it didn't work. And one guy said, can't you see the whole world's going to him? We got to do something. If we don't do something, we're liable to lose our place. Everybody thought, ooh, we can't lose our place. Kill him. And they did. God allowed it. Chapter 15, John. You still want miracles? <laughs> huh? How many still want miracles? Say, be like the disciples. They beat the pudding out of you. You got open wounds. <laughs> you hobble back to church and call her. Let's pray, let's pray. What are we going to pray? Oh God, help us. Oh God, they're beating us. Oh God, they may kill us. Oh God. No, what'd they say? Oh, we want some more. We want some more. What if they do beat you to death? Well, it means I'll go to be with Jesus. (laughs) And have an honorable position. John 15, 18. He said, if the world... Jesus is talking. If the world hates you, he said, won't you know something? They hated me before they hated you. Verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. They would love you. But because you are not of the world, somebody say, I am not of the world. I'm in this world, but I am not of this world. You hear people trying to say, well, you know, we're all, all mankind is, we're all brothers and sisters. No, we're not. That's, that's a lie. That's not true. There are two spiritual families in the earth. Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day, you are of your father, the devil. Didn't he tell them that? We're, you are not of the world because I have chosen you out of the world. Is this a glorious thing that he has chosen us? I've chosen you out of the world and that's why the world hates you. A lot of they don't even understand but it's envy. We are God's chosen. 
We are his children. We are the apple of his eye. He does everything for us. We're part of his eternal plan. And these people that have chosen not to believe him, they're on the outside, outside the covenant, outside the Father's fellowship and favor. And they don't even know why, but the devil, see, has lost his place. He used to stand in the presence of Jehovah, and he's lost it forever. He actually wanted what God gave us, but he could never be it. He should have rejoiced and been thankful in what he had. And one of his biggest problems is he hates us because of what we are and what we have. He's envious. Nobody's ever, no human's ever been more envious than him. It comes from him. And And so he inspires those that are not of the Lord to hate us. As you get into some things, you'll see that, that this hatred oftentimes is absolutely without reason. It is totally irrational and illogical and unreasonable. But it's because of this. There are spiritual forces at work. Can you see it? Verse 20. Remember, Jesus said, the word I told you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to walk like Jesus? Did Jesus walk in power? Did he walk in faith? Did he see miracles? Was he a part of amazing things? Is that available to us? Did he say, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Did he say it? Is that available to us? But this part is too. This part goes with it. (laughs) Years ago, I was in the floor praying at our house in Tulsa. I just, I couldn't sleep one night. It just kept, something kept stirring in me. I got up and, and sometimes if you stay in the bed, you'll go back to sleep. And uh, I got up and got on the floor. It was kind of cool. It kept me awake. And, and uh, I'm praying. I begin, I begin to see some things and the Lord began to deal with me about revelation and light that I had not seen that could come to me. I began to hunger for it. I said, God, I want to see it. I want to know it. I want to preach it. I want to live it. I want to teach it. I want other folk to see it and know it. I got all excited. I'm a praying in earnest and I'm a praying in the spirit. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, he said, it'll cost you. I sat up. I thought, huh? What, what does that mean? <laughs> it'll, what is that? Well, that's what we're talking about right now. You'll be persecuted because of it. Some of it has already come out in the years since, and, and we've got ugly grams, and, and people have said things. And you know what an ugly gram is? It's, <laughs> it's a not nice letter or email, and and we've received flack, and people have said and done some things. But you know, the the those things are not to be compared with the glory. And. Uh, you know, if you're not doing any, if you're not getting any hits or any negative, you might want to check up, are you doing anything? <laughs> right? Are you, are you doing anything to mount anything? And how many would like for me and you and us and this church and these ministries to be right on the, right on the front line? Yeah. Right, come on, right on the cutting edge yeah. and, and everything that goes with that. 
the, the glory of God, the miracles of God, the blessing of God, and the persecution. And can God grace us? Can, do, do we know what matters? I mean, some of these folks and people say, well, so-and-so say, well, who are they? Who are they? What does it matter what they say? I care what my creator says and what he knows about. Don't you? Remember the word that I said to you. The servant's not greater than his Lord. If they've persecuted me, they also will persecute you. It is written. We can't confess against this. No, I rebuke that. I don't want any persecution. You can't. You can't. This word's stronger than what would come out of your mouth from your mind. You can change your head with this, but you're not going to change this with your head. If they've persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And if they've kept my saying, they'll keep yours too. What's he saying? Same thing will happen with you that happened with me. Some will believe. Some will be thrilled. Some will get saved, some will get healed, some will get delivered. Others will hate it. They'll hate it. They'll despise you. They'll persecute you. Part of it. Miracles. Now. You want them? And everything that comes with it. (laughs) This obscurity is no good. Nobody's mad at you. Nobody's excited about you. Yeah, they know you're over there, they think. Jesus was not that way. When he came to town, they had revival and riot. (laughs) People got thrilled and they praised God and they laughed and cried and leapt for joy and others Tore their clothes and threw dirt in the air and cussed and couldn't stand it. That's right. But you couldn't say you didn't know he was there. That's right. <laughs> Somebody said out loud, Here am I, Lord. Here we are. Use us. Send us. And use us. Get glory to yourself. Manifest your power. Hallelujah. Oh, just lift your hands and praise him for a moment. Lord, we, we desire you. We, we hunger for you. We reach for you with our hearts and, and with our faith. We believe in you. We believe in your power. We believe in your miracle working power. We believe in the power of your Holy Spirit. We believe in the authority of your name. We believe in your mighty angels. We believe. What we read in your holy word, these things happened. They're not fairy tales. They're not just stories. They happened. And you've never changed. They still happen. And they can still happen in our time and in our life. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Stand up on your feet. Let's praise him some more. Stand up on your feet. Oh, just worship him some. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you praise. We adore you. We magnify you. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. 
We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Come on, focus on him. Don't look around. Close your eyes and focus on him and praise him and give thanks to him. Oh, we worship you. 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 The God who made the heaven and the earth. The God with whom nothing is too hard. Nothing's impossible. We worship the God of miracles. And we say we believe in you. We believe in your power. We believe in your might. We believe. Oh, we believe. Oh, hallelujah. Let's worship him, saints. It's not time to be heady or intellectual. It's not time to look around. It's not time to be entertained. Worship him. Worship him and praise him. Lord, I worship you. 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 We 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 worship you. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Worship you. Oh, we worship you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.